<laughs> Fire away, dude. <laughs> hey, this is uh, this is Recovered AF Podcast. My name is Aaron. I am uh, a co-host of this podcast. The other co-host, his name is Kyle. And at this juncture in the show, he usually gives us a disclaimer. Yeah, hey, what's going on? Uh, we are going to give our regular disclaimer, but then Aaron is going to jump back in, do a little explanation, because we have a guest today. Um, so our disclaimer is this podcast, we discuss all things in life. Some of that's recovery-based, some of that's just life stuff that Aaron and I do. Um, a lot of Aaron and I's experience comes from a base of a 12-step program. Uh, so we just want to disclaim that we're not affiliated with those. Uh, those 12-step programs don't have spokespeople or representatives or anything. They're their own thing. We're our own thing. So uh, we are just going to make that clear if we ever are talking about 12-step stuff at all in, in, in this podcast. We're not affiliated. And Aaron's closing the door, and now he's back. And I'm going to have Aaron do a little intro and explain our guest today because we've got a pretty cool one. Yeah, okay, sorry, I have dogs and they bark at everything, and so that's just part of uh, how things go here. Uh, I had to shut off some distractions for them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that what I was going to sort of set up today is like, like I said, um, Kyle gave that disclaimer because um, usually, usually a lot of the times when we have a guest on our show, uh, that person is in recovery, and so we're going to talk about a lot of recovery-based stuff. And uh, that's because that's how Kyle and I got well, right? Uh, we got well. We recovered as a result of um, taking the 12 steps and then uh, practical application of those 12 steps mm -hmm. in our lives. Um, and so that's my base, and that's how I got well, and, uh, and, and that's my go-to. But in addition to those things, I've also done some other things in my life that have contributed to the overall well-being and, and uh, physical and mental and spiritual health in my life. And, uh, and sometimes we like to bring those people on our podcast. We had Candace uh, Leininger on the podcast, mm -hmm. and she's a trauma therapist, and I've seen her, and that was fantastic. And uh, that's something I do in addition to the 12-step stuff, you know, and I've talked uh, a lot about, you know, changing up the way I ate when I got started, and I uh, mentioned having some back problems prior to, and uh, one of the things that I do uh, to get well or to stay healthy as, as I see a chiropractor. And um, so if, you know, you're tuning in and you're like, um, you know, this is a recovery podcast, but they're not even talking about recovery, you know, sometimes we like to mix it up and get people outside that realm on the, on the thing because, um, you know, they, I don't know. I found that they're, they're interesting and have a story to tell as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and, uh, and so then if there's also people listening that know our guest today um, and they're like, well, what's this guy doing on a recovery podcast? That's why, because, you know, like he's somebody that's helped me along in my journey, mm -hmm. you know, um, prior, to, prior to me even getting sober or in the in-between times too. So right. does that make sense? A hundred percent. Okay. So with that today, I'm going to introduce our guest and that's uh, Jared Morrow and he's a local chiropractor in town and uh, has a business called Laramie County Chiropractic. What's up, buddy? Hello. How are you? I'm excited to be here. Yeah, good. Awesome. It's good to see you. We're excited to have you. We've yeah. been talking about having you on, I think, all summer. You're a busy guy. We're somewhat busy, and so I'm glad it worked out. It's awesome. Yeah, that's the thing. We, we say this a lot because we were like, man, you know, people are, you know, we'd like to have people that are, you know, doing, doing well. But the thing about that, and we just keep running into that, is that the people that are doing well are super busy. Yeah. Right? They're making the most out of life or are busy a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, summer t tends to be a pretty busy time of year with kids, especially really athletic kids. Right. They like to travel. And <laughs> yeah. Sports and um, baseball, I would assume. Yeah, push, yeah. Push, their, push their talent a little bit. Absolutely. See what they're capable of. That's awesome. So uh, usually where we start on, on our podcast is an introduction and then like a how you were introduced to the 12 steps. Well, today we're just going to get have you kind of explain your introduction into your field as a chiropractor. How did that kind of come about? Sure. Um, well, I played baseball through college, and I, I think it changed majors four or five times. I went from thinking I was going to be an accountant to an FBI agent to a pilot maybe, or um, then a physical therapist. And then, you know, it's my senior year in college, and it's my last year of baseball, and I'm, I'm still not quite certain what I'm going to do yet. And, you know, it's fall season, and there's a couple guys on the team that were going into chiropractic, and, 
you know, the more I talked to him, the more it just started to make sense to me. You know, it's a natural pro- approach to try to help people, you know, r- regain or maintain health mm-hmm. without drugs, you know, shots, surgeries like that. So really trying to help the body perform at its best. And, you know, looking back on it, it I really have a hard time making sense of it because at that point, I think I'd only been adjusted twice my whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a pretty good experience when I was, I'm going to say in junior high, I was at a basketball camp in the summer and I was playing baseball as well. And my back was, it would go from hot to cold. Like I could play basketball for five minutes and all of a sudden I just had severe shooting pain down my leg. So, you know, we went, I think we went to a doctor and tried some med, you know, medications, some therapies and nothing seemed to work. And we went to a chiropractor once or twice and after a couple of adjustments, I was, you know, better. So that was always in the back of my head, I think. Um, but then my senior year, we start to talk, and I just applied to chiropractic school and just kind of made that decision. <laughs> yeah. And looking back, I'm like, I made that with very little stress or anxiety. And I don't, I mean, you'd think like a big life decision like that, because I stress now over very minor <laughs> things compared to <laughs> yeah. what that was. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's been quite a journey. You know, I, to some, you know, part of me is amazed that I'm still a chiropractor with what we're going to talk about, I think, here soon. But, you know, through that struggle, it has really helped me, you know, push the limbs to see what I can be as a chiropractor. Absolutely. So, just, I, I sat for 45 minutes last night trying to pick something out on Netflix to watch. Like, you know, it was, a, it was, a, it yeah. was terrible, right? There's too many choices. I'm just wondering if, like, uh, the fact that you didn't stress out that much about that decision makes you think that that's just sort of the path that you were supposed to be on, or was it just the person that you were back then? You were like, oh, I'll just give no. this a try. I think it was definitely God or, yeah, what you know, whatever you believe that to be. Um, opened up and maybe just made that because you know there's a a son of a chiropractor on the team and his dad was a, it was i believe he's retired a successful chiropractor in denver and he wrote me a rec you know a letter of recommendation mm-hmm. to get in and so that whole process went really smooth um yeah, yeah i think it was just more of a calling yeah and me it called me rather than i yeah you know yeah i found when i'm kind of in tune uh spiritually those big decisions seem to just kind of come naturally and it's like it's just put in front of me and I just kind of follow through and I'm like oh yeah that was I think that was how that was supposed to work and it's almost it's, like you don't get in your own way yeah exactly yeah. where I'm not overthinking and I'm not trying to like control it or figure it all out I just kind of let I always say let the spirit move me and then like good shit usually yeah. ends up happening you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny sure. how that happens yeah, yeah it does um so you uh you did you didn't have any physical problems when you so I sort of wanted to talk about this, what I was thinking. Like, I've known Jared's family since... uh, Jared's, I don't know, five, six years older than me, but our families have been entwined since I started playing baseball at the age of six because we played for the same Little League franchise. And Jared has a couple younger brothers, and one is a year older than me, and one is a year younger than me. And so if you know how the baseball works, you're the young kid on the team one year and the old kid the next year. And mm-hmm. so I was always playing with one of with one of Jared's brothers wow. on um, baseball growing up. And I remember you know, Jared and knowing that he was a good ball- baseball player and then playing for post six and, you know, you know, playing college because back then post six wasn't putting people in college like they are now mm-hmm. right it was yeah. maybe a handful of you guys but it wasn't. Well, i like to believe i helped yeah create some of that because yeah. i mean for all you know that no tag lane like i was 17 when that was his first year so we broke him in pretty good <laughs> <laughs> i bet yeah yeah not me i hung around with guys I mean, I created a couple problems, but yeah, I was yeah. friends with the guys that actually caused the bigger problems. Yeah, that's funny. So I take a little bit of credit with that. Yeah. But that's a, a laugh. We kind of joke around about that every time we see him. Yeah. That's funny. That's good stuff. Um, yeah, so I've known Jared for quite a while, and, and um, you know his family. And I think that I think one one or both of your parents also worked worked at, uh, for the for the phone company because like yeah, half the time, dad. yes, and that's maybe that's. How our parents yeah. know each other too, but half the town back then used to work for the phone company, and I don't know. So I've known Jared for a long time, so wow. it was sort of cool. And I'll tell you what sold me on uh, chiropractic care because um, back when I first started seeing Jared, um, I think you were still over on Twentieth, yep. and um, but um, but back when I really got serious about it, 
back then when I hurt myself and I hurt my back because I had missed like a part of a Christmas with some backs with some muscle spasms and I just went and saw the regular doctor and I got some muscle relaxers and I got some Vicodin and I got some time off of work and I was like well this is definitely the way to handle this <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah, <laughs> I had no interest in getting better at all right no interest in getting better and then what had happened was uh you know, my back, it, you know, it would be fine for, I don't know, nine months out of the year. And then all of a sudden it would go and then I would be, you know, on the couch or bedridden for the next couple of weeks. And what actually had happened was my buddy was having a bachelor party on a Saturday and it was like this golf bowling, then go out all day kind of an affair. And like on Monday, my back went out and I was like, I couldn't walk. And I was like, I got to get to this. I'm going to get to this bachelor party. You know, I was pretty heavy into the meds by then. I had them all ready to go for the weekend and I was just going to have a good time. And um, and I was like, I got to get fixed. And I, I mean, I could barely walk. And I went and saw Jared on Monday. And by Saturday, I was playing golf and bowling. <laughs> and I was like, so apparently if you want to heal, you go. You, you don't just take the meds. Yeah, you know? you just don't show up to the doctor and get your drugs yeah. and sit home for a month. So oh, I don't know. That's funny. Yeah, I was it helps on. to address the cause once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I see you as a big dude, very successful in your field in in, in life. But it's from before we started, we had a few minor conversations. Um, Aaron and I both share in this idea of like when we see other people, we just assume that everything is really easy and they just have their life really well put together and they just kick ass at everything and is but you were kind of like well that's not always been my experience would you shine some light on maybe some of that stuff that you've just experienced some struggle with in your life just i think it just makes me i always place myself in a position where i'm either better than or less than everyone and it's nice to be around people where it's just like oh yeah guys that are killing it and doing really well they experience some hardships as well would you care shining some light on some of that I don't know where you want to start, so I can... Yeah, that's... Well... I mean, that was part of the... I went to this um, weekend down in Denver called... Um, I'm losing it for a second. It's... It'll come to me here in a second, but, yeah. but it really helps you um, kind of let go of these shells or these masks that you you tend to hold on to that you want to um, portray to the world, but that, that aren't really you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And for some reason, this analogy comes to mind. It's like, you know, when you look at Facebook or Instagram, like it's, those are a lot of times the highlight reels of people's lives, right? right. So th- to some degree, we do the same thing when we go out in public. Like a lot, of, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm gu- big time, 100% guilty of this a lot of times, and it's something that I'm, continually you know working on to try to be more real and just let people know where I'm at but um, you, know, you know I am just a taller person compared to most people yeah. you know six six and I'm pushing 255 so I naturally stand out so you know growing up I just I always got a lot of attention um, and I'm pretty introverted so attention a lot of times makes me really uncomfortable mm-hmm. and you know, especially in high school, I, was, I mean, even in college, I was really awkward. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty good in comfortable environments around people that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. But if, like, if you were to see me for the first time, we'll just say at a, a gathering or a party, I'm the guy in the back, yeah. probably against the wall, just trying to learn and get, get a feel for, like, what's the energy? What are these people like? You know, am I going to fit in? Right. Am, I gonna, am I, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All those judgment, all those questions that come in, you know, are they going to accept me? You know, right. yeah. <laughs> is everybody going to tell me I don't talk enough? Because yeah. when you're introverted, you hear that a lot. Mm, yeah. Um, so, you know, that those create voices in your head when you hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, what I realize is that I'm living a life that I'm trying to project that I'm this big, strong guy that doesn't need anybody that does have a perfect life. And I mean, if you look back at my life, we'll just say from Cheyenne to to now, I mean, I went through a cycle where, and we'll probably get into this, you know, I went through a, a year of gambling every night. I, I was playing Hold'em. Um, I bought a Range Rover, which was way out of my price range. Yeah. I mean, I had a very 
lower level house, but I had this Range Rover with big old rims on it <laughs> that looked it was awesome, right? Yeah, like that. <laughs> but I had no business driving it. But yeah. it helped me create this image. Like <laughs> yeah. the guy must have his shit together, right? right? Yeah. Um, so I mean, that was a phase where I wanted to project and maybe try to tell people that I've reached it or I'm headed there. Mm-hmm. Um, then you realize that that's pretty art, you know, superficial, and you're actually putting a bigger target on your back for a lot of negative things in your life when you do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I realize that that's not who I am. I'm not this guy. I'm a big guy, but that, that doesn't mean I'm like Superman with a perfect life. Mm-hmm. Like I, I look back and there's a stretch where I don't remember crying for like 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Like I was just this stoic, like guy that acted like I didn't, you know, give a damn. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think I just closed off emotionally hmm. and you know, that weekend, I, I, I think I cried. I did pr- cry every day. I made some phone calls, um, acknowledged some things, took responsibility in a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the past bridges you burn and yeah. things like that. So absolutely. Um, now I cry all the time, yeah. you know, songs, movies, <laughs> yeah. you know, I hear people share themselves. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Almost want to cry now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. What, um, what kind of pushed you? Oh, sorry, we're cracking a little. What kind of pushed you to go to that convention thing? Like, what was the kind of the breaking point that was like, I need to go do this? Because there's a lot of people I know, and I, I shouldn't generalize, but my experience is it's hard to work on yourself or even know where to start or what to do. Like, how did you come to the conclusion that you needed to do something? Because, like, from yeah, it takes a lot of courage yeah. to. Look inside and go. I'm I'm my problem. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm creating my own suffering. Yeah, absolutely. And to get out of the. I mean, I remember making the joke at the end of this closing. I can't believe I can't think of the name of the. But um. You know, it's it's not like the world has a conspiracy towards me, right? <laughs> and that, you know, life keeps showing up the same way. So it has to be something that's personal that. You know, somehow the people all got together and started just like <laughs> yeah. wanting to create my same the same problem over right. and over again. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's and that funny. I better change some things if I want my life to you know because what I've realized is the life's going to keep te- trying to make you. It's going to keep offering you the same lesson mm-hmm. until you learn. Yeah, until you change some things, but then reality is there's going to be another lesson right around the corner that life's going to keep <laughs> banging you on your head if you don't want to learn it. Absolutely. Right? So it's a constant path of growing and expanding. Yeah. But the, the hard part is, I mean, there was, which we'll get into, like for a long time, I wasn't in that place. I was just closed off thinking this, you know, this is the best it's going to get, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. trying to escape and hide from life, yeah. which I did on a poker table, because yeah. it's easy just to not say a word and just get caught up in the cards. Yeah. You know? Wow. So, I don't know. I was all over the place. No, there, that, that's, that touches on some things. I completely relate. No, this is really good. This is fascinating. I'm this is why I'm, right yeah, now. this is why I'm glad we do this, because like, I know Amber would always say, she would be like, you guys, you referring to um, alcoholics or drug, you guys think you're so special, you know, <laughs> like, you guys aren't. And, but like, sitting down and having this conversation, man, like, what we're talking about is the human condition here, mm-hmm. you know? And like one of the things we talk about often is, um, and Kyle alluded to it earlier is, but, but feeling, um, less than or better than, or never feeling a part of, you know? And when I hear you talking about being an introvert and sitting back and trying to figure out where your place in all of this is and doing all of these, um, outside things to try and, you know, quell that and, and, you know, get yourself to that place where you're, you know, even with everyone, like, that's the story of our lives. Yeah. It's just that he did it with alcohol and I did it with opiates. And then when we do those things, we lose all control and then all the wheels come off. But, you know, we're, we're all striving to find that human connection, right? Yeah. When, whenever, you know, however we do that. Mm-hmm. So to sit here and, um, you know, have you sit down and talk about some of these hard parts of your life with us is just, I don't know, it's endearing. Like, this is why we sit down and do this. 
and then people listening will be like, oh, really? You know, and like then hopefully they'll feel more a part of it. Oh, yeah. And more often than not, the feedback I get about this is just like it's awesome to hear. We hear this a lot, particularly men sharing hard times in life. You know what I mean? That just doesn't happen a lot. It's not a real thing that goes on very often. So I Well, you think for a long time, my image was men don't show their emotions. They just buckle down and just do it it done. Yeah. You know, don't bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's, I don't know. I get, I've got goosebumps now. I just get jacked up talking about it. Um, so your, your poker experience, do you, did that lead you further into the dark place before you decided like, I'm going to do something different? Is that kind of the driving force or was that just a, an avenue for escape for a while or? Well, I think I'm trying to remember how that all started. I think I had a buddy in, that lived in Denver, and, you know, this is right around Rounders. Remember a long yeah. time ago where, like, yeah. poker, you know, World Series of Poker was starting to come out, and this random guy off the streets won a million dollars, you know, mm-hmm. Chris Money Banker, I think it yeah. was. So, um, you know, just here, here and there, I'm driving down to Denver and start playing poker, and I'm like, man, this is, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Do we cuss on this? Or yeah, yeah, as much as you want. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't cuss a lot, but sometimes you yeah. know it, it creates um, some of the feedback. The needed effect. It, 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 yeah, it adds some. Um, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? You know, it just adds a little extra energy or um, yeah. <laughs> importance to it. Right. That's right. Um, and poker started becoming more exciting than my daily life. Uh, you know, I was just out of chiropractic college practice wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know, chiropractors, we're still kind of going against the flow. Right. You know, it's getting a lot better. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I think people are starting to realize that, you know, giving the body what it needs and trying to let it do what it's capable of is healthier than, you know, just covering up symptoms, right? Yeah. Um, But at that point, my philosophy on that was pretty weak. So I was just, you know, adjusting people to treat their pain and kind of let them go and not educate them on the importance of maintenance. And it's kind of like brushing your teeth, right? You brush your teeth to avoid cavities. It's it's not the best to wait till you get cavities before you start brushing your teeth. Just right. like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's good if that motivates you to start brushing your teeth consistently <laughs> yeah. for the rest of your life. Right. But um, just like chiropractic, it's better to maintain the health of your spine than wait for things to really you know spiral out of control because then it's hard to make up for i mean sometimes you can but you've lot you can lose some ground there but the first couple of years you know everybody's coming in in pain when you hear people complain every day and you're not seeing them healthy and doing well but you're just like kind of letting go it's like it becomes a very painful practice okay. yeah. and so i was just racing through the day to try to get to a poker table okay i mean i was playing online poker in between patients, it was, it was, I mean, this, just to give a timeline, this is, I've been in practice for almost 16 years now. So the details are a little fuzzy because it's been a while. What's that? 10, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. But it was bad. I mean, I was, I was, I was a shitty chiropractor. Yeah. Hmm. I'm amazed. I I made it through that, honestly. Wow. uh, I was just going to ask you, was there something that was there? I mean, did you just hit a point where you're just like, I can't do this? Because like when I started seeing you, or at least when I started seeing you regularly, you were over at where you're at now. Because mm-hmm. I'd seen you a few times at the old place, but I was like one of those people would only show up when I was just wrecked, yeah. and um, and uh, not do any of that maintenance stuff. But like by the time I got back to seeing you where you're at now, and even a little bit later when I really started, we st- we start talking about spiritual literature mm-hmm. and stuff. You must have already gone through your transformation and stuff, and you weren't just into you know, sitting there and adjusting people and sending them on their way. You were definitely into like eating, eating, eating in a way that's, you know, yeah. um, that, that jives with your body type. It was important way. to me to start modeling what I was, you know, trying to educate people with or, mm-hmm. you know, promoting. Cause if I'm not doing it myself, then yeah, something's wrong. Right. 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 Absolutely. Like, like I'm a fraud. Yeah. And I mean, that was probably part of that, that, initial problem was you know when you're you're saying one thing and not doing and you're doing the other like guilt and shame are 
in the background, just oh yeah, little whispers, yeah. right? You know, just eating at you. Yeah. So then, what was it that that do you, was there like a breaking point, or did you just be like, you know, gradually like this isn't the life for me, or like how did you make the transition into, you know, sort of reinvesting into that and like getting away from poker and yeah. like getting back in the Get, getting to where you're at now. You know, I was thinking about that, com- you know, building up to this, you know, podcast because I, you know, obviously this is part of the story and the journey, and. I remember looking in the mirror once and I, I, I would stay up till two in the morning, you know, get out of practice at six, race to a poker table. I mean, it was so bad. I moved to Fort Collins oh. for six months because that was where the more money and the better poker players were. And mm-hmm. I mean, I even had this illusion of maybe closing up and moving to Vegas. Yeah. And I was not a good poker player, <laughs> <laughs> but I was having, I, it was exciting to be at the yeah. I mean, I wasn't bad. I wasn't losing a lot of money, but I certainly wasn't making a lot of money. So to, mm-hmm. to have this dilemma or the, the delusion that I would even, <laughs> like, I have no doubt Vegas, Vegas yeah. would have spit me out in <laughs> yeah. probably a couple of weeks and said, yeah, yeah you can't handle this. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You're going to either die or go bankrupt or, mm-hmm. or hmm. you know. So I remember just, it's funny how I remember there's days where I'd win at poker and it would feel good for maybe that night. Um, but then I would lose like a hand or the night and it would just, it would piss me off for a week. Mm-hmm. Right. So I look in the mirror and I'm, I'm just out of shape, you know, I'm not working out because mm-hmm. all I would do is work, work all day, race through the poker try to get home to get a couple hours of sleep, and that's, I mean, I'm not working out. Yeah. Food around the poker table is generally not organic, yeah. uh, straight from farm to table, right? right. It's yeah. pizza. And yeah, wings. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm, I, my energy sucks. I'm, I'm really out of shape. I'm realizing that the people that come to me that pay me for the services deserve a whole lot better than what I'm giving them. Mm-hmm. And I start to realize, like, my losses are way more toxic to me to balance out when I'm winning. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, like, I yeah. realize, like, I'm even hold on to the wins. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm, but I'm really pissed off when I lose. And I think it's just a realization. It's, I think it's what we talked about. It's like, I can't live the rest of my life in this cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, you know, conferences and starting to go to church and getting connected. I mean, a lot of it's connected in passion and purpose. Yeah. I think is what allowed me to get out of that, that pattern. And I, know, I mean, I'll play a tournament once in a while, but it's like once or twice a year. Yeah. Because yeah. I know I'm just, I better not start sitting down at a table. Right. Because it might just be right there. Just wait. This is pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm better now. Right. Maybe I'm smarter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I can. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That sounds like me around drinking. It's like sometimes that thought's like, maybe it'll be different. That was what I was locked onto forever. So, um, what. What do you think, like today, what does your life look like? I mean, it's, I'm assuming you're working out. I'm assuming that you know, you're tapped in spiritually, going to church, doing stuff like that. It, that well, that's what we just talked about a little bit, right? Like this image that, no. <laughs> Let's just say no. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I read and I listen to podcasts all the time mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I love learning, yeah. right? I love just feeling like just so much is out there to learn and to try to grow from. And, but I feel like the more I learn, the more control I should have on my life mm-hmm. and my own thoughts and my expression of my actions and I should have better control of my emotions and mm. I should be able to handle situations a whole lot better. And I think the more I realize, the more I think I should know and the, the poor I perform, like I, I get really, I, I've found myself in some serious depressed places over the last couple of years. Mm. Um, cause li- life has changed for me a lot. I was, I'm 46 now. I've been married 45 years or for four and a half years and going from single to married with two kids is it was like a complete change for me Mm -hmm. and like marriage is probably one of the best teachers you can have I I mean you you can't get away with a lot of stuff yeah Mm -hmm. right (laughs) 
So um, it's really exposed me to some personal stuff that, that maybe I haven't, I did not, I've known where that was there, but haven't owned yet or mm -hmm. taken on to try to address and let go of. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I still work out once in a while, and that, I, I'm, that's one of my major problems is I'm finding is when I work out, it automatically triggers me to eat healthier, mm -hmm. to meditate, yeah. to, um, you know, do things that are right. But if I don't work out, I can rationalize a lot of yeah. toxic stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I'm yeah. not working out. I can eat this cake. Yeah. I can go, you know. Yeah. Who cares if I drink every night this weekend? Right. It's all right, because I'm not working out Monday anyway. Yeah. yeah. You see what I mean? So yeah, I've absolutely. allowed that habit and that practice to get away from me. Mm -hmm. hmm. um, but depression can eat up a lot of, oh, man. A lot of motivation absolutely. and self-discipline. Yeah. And then guilt and shame are in the background just like, yeah, you really suck. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, I do. Yeah. That's uh, the good stuff. I, I don't mean to just keep saying the same thing over and over again, but like when we had Dr. Brett on, we had a dentist on, and uh, he used to be pretty deep into the blow and the drinking. And I'm just like, I would have never, I don't know, I just decided because I, because I've struggled to get through high school and never had any idea what the fuck I was doing and felt completely lost all of the time. I just assumed that everybody else always knew exactly where they were going and never struggled at all. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, um, and would, you know, come into your practice and think that, like, you know, why can't I be normal? Why can't I be like Jared? Why can't I just have my shit figured out all the time? Like, I'm internally just coming apart at the seams. I'm living a double life. You know, I'm, like, this close to losing the wife and the job. And, like, this guy seems so peaceful, and he just seems like he's got his shit together. You know, I have those I've had those same conversations in my garage by myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, like, I don't, I'm... I'm barely holding on. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. A lot of bad stuff enters your head when you start thinking that way. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah it's tough. It's really a, what, what I find is like you were talking about, like I just have to get in action. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's what I find is the thing. Like if I'm, if I don't go to the gym, then it's easy to not eat well. It's easy to, not meditate it's easy to not pray it's easy to isolate avoid people like i don't oh i don't feel good so i don't want to go out you know it's like for me i just really and i drift back into stagnant no action regularly i'll be on fire and i'm living it and i'm feeling everything and reaping all of the benefits and then i drift back into no action and then i look at myself like what the hell happened yeah. how did this happen why am i all bummed again why am i depressed why am i struggling and it's like Oh yeah, I'm not in, I'm not doing it. It's really hard to like figure out how to stay in action. I struggle with that regularly. Well, and the thing that fucks me up over that one too is and you were talking a little bit about this too on like um is when I get to that point, I'm trying to figure it out, right? And I'm do, I'm doing my best to outthink the situation. Yeah. And the thing about it is is um I've never been able to outthink those situations in my life. Like I think my way back, you know, further into it and, and then I suffer from self delusion and dishonesty and I really believe the shit that's going on in my mind. Mm. And the way out of those things for me is always action, right? And like and and for us and for Colin and I, like we we understand that we don't have the power to fix ourselves because we tried that and that you know led us to the very end and the bitter end and right. But fortunately for us, we have a twelve step program in which we you know apply these things and we get a relationship with a power greater than ourselves. You know mm -hmm. that'll do that thing. You know that'll um, do that thing uh, for us. So, but yeah, like the the thing the thing about it is, is just recognizing that I had a problem was enough to fix it. Then. I would be good to go, man. Yeah. I could have saved myself a lot of time and trouble. Yeah. You know, it's hard. But like, yeah, I've got to get into action around all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's uncomfortable and it requires work and it requires seeing the dark side of myself that I don't really like to see. And I don't really, you know, our book talks about that. These are the things we don't like to admit, you know, to ourselves, let alone to sit around and talk to other people about them. For sure. We're now on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. It's yeah. really inspiring. Um, where do you, what do you what do you like to read? You said you like to do a lot of reading. Where what do you find reading? I always ask every guest, like what are you what are you reading oh. literature wise, like spiritual literature wise? Just because I always steal what other people are reading and go read it myself. I do a lot of that. So Well Man, there's so 
there's so many books that come to my mind and there's there's a lot that that don't come to my mind mm-hmm. that were I mean I I have I buy books at a higher rate than I read them. Yeah. Which yeah. my wife and I, I kind of have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, another book. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read it someday. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, you know. Right. But um if I, like the first book that comes to mind is um The Four Agreements. That's mm-hmm. probably one of the, the the biggest books that let me realize a lot of things, you know, to help me stop taking a lot of things personal that people are all just you know, on their own, own journey and half the time they show up in front of you and you just happen to be in front of them when they're letting go of stuff or, I mean, a lot of it's just random randomness when yeah. you show up in front of people. Yeah. And a lot of people, I mean, they show up in front of you and they have to feel the blunt of your sore too and yeah. they don't even deserve it. Yeah. Right? So it kind of helped me look at things both ways. Um, you know, Eckhart Tolle's books are all powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went to, on my honeymoon, I think, the power of now I've read like 200 pages in one day yeah yeah and I'm like I should probably read that again yeah because I was just in the flow yeah yeah I was like shit yeah yeah it's, <laughs> it's a lot too I've read that one and yeah or bo- yeah. well both of those but yeah yeah I had to reread power of now Megan actually my fiance recommended that and I'd read it and I was like had to reread it again because I was like I think I understand it and then I reread it and I have a different perspective on it and so that, mm-hmm. that's what I love about literature is I can read the same book and get a different perspective from it absolutely. the next time I read it. Depends on where you're at in life. Yeah, absolutely. What you're open up to. Yeah, exactly. So, what kind of what kind of podcast do you listen to? Because, like, we're a couple of podcast junkies. Obviously, I think people when they start a podcast, it's probably because they listen to a lot of podcasts, yeah. mm-hmm. or at least it was for us. I don't know what yeah. the fuck it is for anybody else. Yeah. But like what you said, you listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, I I kind of go through cycles. Yeah. I think Joe Rogan's just yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's hard to be him just because yeah, he's funny and he's very smart and he has some of the, 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 just the, the forward thinkers and the influencers and the comedians and people that just don't care what they say. Yeah. And they're like, this is who I am. This is what I'm trying to change. Like yeah. Mike Tyson's podcast is yeah. that, you know. Really? I'll have to Elon check Musk that out. is mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Tom DeLong's. Yeah. Was, I mean, there's so many that yeah. it, when you mix knowledge and wisdom with humor yeah. and just powerful people is so i mean and a lot of them are just the popular ones like tim ferris i listen to him mm-hmm. i aubrey marcus what's that andy frisella the motherfucking ceo yeah you know he doesn't care what he says he just yeah you know, yeah absolutely <laughs> suck it up you yeah. know be real mm-hmm. do the work yeah so that's awesome that's what I get out of Rogan's podcast the most is that he has this ability to get people to just be themselves on his podcast. It's not like this phony thing. I, I, I would live my whole life as a phony, you know, trying to pretend I'm someone I'm not or whatever you're into. I like to, because then we'll get along and you know, and I don't feel good enough. So, so to just be able to find this place where I can be myself and, and watch and like recognize that in other people. I love, that's what I look for the most is just like, you probably have to prove that you don't care and that you're real to yeah. even get considered to be on there. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that you're probably going to say some stuff that's going to ruffle some feathers and get some, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. get yeah. a lot of comments on the... It seems like everybody that says they want to be on Rogan never gets on Rogan. Yeah. You, haven't, yeah. you haven't earned it yet. Yeah, exactly. It's really tough that's to cool. be that kind of authentic, you know, to just go out and do that because just sitting here doing this all the time, like Kyle and I have had this conversation and we're like, well, you know, the only chance we have is to just be authentic and just be who we are and keep doing what we are. But then it's just hard, it's hard to actually do that. You know, that's a hard thing to put in practice. Yeah. You know? This this has helped me be more authentic in my regular life, though, because I don't have to like airing it out once and realizing that really there's no repercussions. It's all just made up in my head that like, oh, people are going to judge me or they're going to think I'm piece of shit or whatever like all of that most of that is made up like some yeah. people might still feel that way but like it, it it's it's freeing to be able to just voice yeah. who i am or you know like your your struggles to just be able to talk about it with another human is just i don't know for me i get the the human connection is there's nothing quite like it yeah. and then i 
I'm able to just kind of do that more and more as practice comes on and I'm more and more myself in my day-to-day life. Yeah. It's kind of a reinforcing cycle that there's so much fear that builds up before it, but then you realize that it feels so liberating <laughs> yeah. when you're done. Like, I had no idea it felt so good just yeah. to let that out. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of remember that when I, I posted a big old long Facebook post about my gambling. I think that's yeah. how people really got like, whoa. Yeah, that's you know, that was awesome that you shared that. Yeah, uh, that's when I was like, I'm with and this. And the fears guy. were like, I was like, oh shit, people are gonna stop coming getting adjusted. Yeah. They're gonna realize that my life isn't perfect, and that it's you know it's gonna create this whole <laughs> yeah. like negative feedback loop. But actually, it was quite the opposite. People felt more connected and you know knew who I was more through that than yes. Yeah, that's the trick. Is like the it seems counterintuitive that. I'm going to be vulnerable and people will receive me better and like me more. It's like my, my mind tells me like put up walls, keep people at a distance and things will be okay. But actually when I do the opposite is when I get the most out of it. Yeah. Like just in life in general, like at work or wherever it is that I am in life, that's what happens. It's just so scary. (laughs) Being being vulnerable and talking and just being honest is hard. It doesn't come naturally for me. I think we're starting to see that the people that are that way are the ones that are, I mean, we do. I mean, it, yeah. you got to search for a little bit, but those are the ones that are really making a difference. I that aren't holding anything back. A hundred percent. That's yeah. what that's you can trust them more. I think is what you realize. So like, yeah, yeah. This guy, because he's going, we're going to know where he's at. Yeah, exactly. And there's no phony facade or like any. You just that's a real person that's t- sharing their real life, and mm-hmm. I believe them. You yeah. know, it's nice. Yeah. That's the thing. I always just assumed that they all just always had their shit together. And it turns out that this really successful person took a bunch of chances and faced down fear and was incredibly vulnerable in all of these situations and just stayed true to whatever their, you know, heart's calling was. And I was like, oh, that's crazy because I'm just too afraid of failure to ever do anything. So I'm just going to watch other people do it. Yeah, absolutely. So I I have a question for you just because I'm just interested in, where and I don't know if maybe 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 you don't know, but I'm just interested in where does your desire to grow or change come from? Like, because to me that's like a spiritual thing. Did you grow up in a spiritual life, or like, because like for me the reason why I decided to grow spiritually is because that was the only thing I had left. I had pretty much exhausted every other option. Like I tried working out, I tried different relationships, I tried moving, I tried different jobs. Like I tried everything possible to like kind of get my problems and my life under control and none of that worked. So really for me, it was like my last chance is a spiritual one. So what is your experience where you're like, I need to go to conventions and figure, like where does that come from? Is that something that innately comes or... I don't know if you can even quantify no, it in words. Because no, it's it's definitely been a. It wasn't always there. Yeah, I, you know, just existing. I mean, I look back. Like, you ever wish you'd go back to like college with what you know now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, All the time. like you yeah. could just own it, right? Who yeah. knows what would be possible? Yeah. Now, if you could have just had the experience and the knowledge to realize that you don't know anything. Yeah, that you're naive and. And that yeah. the world is really could be open to you if you just face some face some things and you know stop partying every weekend, thinking yeah. that that's what college life should be like. Right. Um, you know, it, you go to concerts or seminars, and you just look up on the stage, and you just I'm I'm constantly fascinated and amazed that one person can make such an influence over a huge number of people, mm-hmm. like. Like concerts are really big for me now. Like music is probably the thing that's kept me going, or given me rest or space to, you know, just just like I don't know when to just just to know that there's still possibility better. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, concerts and you just look up and like, and you hear some of the story, stories um, and so many people have gone through such a dark place in life mm. um, and that they actually look back and say, if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't be here anymore right now. I'd yeah. still be existing 
yeah. you know, staying in the comfort zone. But through that darkness, I was, you know, I found what I was meant to do and who I really was. And that now I'm free to push that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, I hope that's my story. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, I look back. I had a very blessed childhood. You know, two loving parents. Mm-hmm. My mom, you know, Greta Mara, she does day giving. She's, she's big in the community. She, you know, she's a cancer survivor. You know, on paper, you wouldn't think she'd be... She doesn't make any sense while she's alive, but she has tons of purpose and passion. Mm-hmm. And... um you know, you just, I, I've been blessed with so much that I feel like I'm disrespecting my life if I don't try to find out what that is, what's possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying to learn how to let go of the, the guilt and shame through this darkness that is judging myself, saying you should be so much better mm-hmm. at this point than you are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, comparison and... Yeah. You know, yeah. keeping up with the Joneses, yeah. so to say, yeah. right? That yeah. that's a toxic conversation you can have with yourself. Yeah. And I mean, I used to hold on to the 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 dialogue that as long as I'm better today than I was yesterday, or at least most days I can say that, then I'm going. I'm on the good path. But you know, a lot of days I'm not anymore. Right. I feel like I'm I'm losing more than I'm gaining. And then you know, that's I I don't know. I don't want to act like I know about depression or the answers to it. But I, th- I think, um, I think guilt and shame is a big part of that, yeah. right? When you're beating yourself up and you believe you should be better than you are, you should have a life that a different life than you have now. Hmm. Cause that's, that's not a good, cause it, you don't have a different life. Right. Yeah. Um, it is what you are here. And the best way to get out of that is to accept what is, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. And then you can have a plan to get out yeah. mm-hmm. and grow. Yeah. Well, and by no means do I have the answer to that. I'm trying to figure that out to get out of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I look back at the, at the poker face and I was, I, th- I think there's some depression in there. Um, I didn't have a good self image at the time. Um, but it's just a gradual step. You know, you do something you can be proud of, you know, you do today and you know, you're going to be proud of yourself in two days or down the road and you can start to add these bricks to a foundation that you're creating confidence and purpose and you're looking back and you're, you know, you're, you're slowly push, pushing away the things you're shameful of and creating, you know, these little steps that you can be proud of Mm -hmm. and, you know, you're creating steps to dig out of that. I just came up with that. (laughs) <laughs> you know, creating a foundation of positive things you're proud of. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you say you find yourself in hell, you better keep going. You don't stop. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think that that I'm not in hell, by the way. I'm just, it's yeah. just a saying. Yeah. yeah, of course. You know, I just uh, have found a momentum uh, to all of that, you know, in my experience too. It's just easy to get off the track. And um, so, like, in uh it was like around the end of the year i was was watching the iron man on tv and i was like oh and they had a thing you know find a triathlon in your area and i looked on the website and i was like oh there's really short really short triathlons they're not all the iron man and i could probably do one of those and because i because i am who i am i decided just to go balls out on this thing and start training like a crazy person and i did that for about a month and a half and then got sick and then uh and then was really having a hard time getting going on the training again, but I'd already told every asshole I knew I was going to do a triathlon, so now I'm stuck <laughs> doing this thing. But then the more I... The Accountability more, can be a bit sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, the more the more I remember that, the harder it was to get out of bed, and I was like, and I just could just not get started again, and that's when fear starts creeping in, and then I started, like, you know, spiraling down the hole. And the answer to all of that was just to get up and go swim one day, you know, like, and start building those blocks and building that momentum again. And again, it's sort of going back to what we were talking about again. Just an action. Yeah, just yeah. taking some action in my life is the thing that I do to get out of the thing that I'm in. Yeah, yeah, it's paralyzing being in that place of you're just, for me, I just block myself in. I'm afraid of 
not going. I'm afraid of going. I'm afraid of doing this. I'm afraid of not doing this. And so I just sit there doing nothing. And I'm like, well, well, I'm never going to get out of this, you know? And it's like, oh, really, all I have to do is just face down one of those things. And then, like you said, like I just start kind of chipping away at the block and I look back. And what's important for me is to not have like a such an end result like, oh, I'm going to take first place in a triathlon. Yeah. It's like, I just want to be able to do it. And so I'm just going to take the action to do it. And then for me, not that I'm not goal-oriented today, but I just have to, sometimes my goals prevent me from taking action because yeah. I'm afraid of failing. So, yeah. so I just have to be tangible. Like, I'm just going to fucking show up. I'm going to do the thing. I'm never going to be shredded like Channing Tatum, but I'm still <laughs> going to show up at the gym and I'm going to work out and I'm going to do this thing even though I don't want to. And I don't know, for me, like things build. And then the end result is usually a happier me and a better thing than I would have yeah. concocted on my own, you know? And, and that's like, a fucking struggle. Sorry like, for swearing again. Oh, it is a struggle. And like, but sometimes what will help me with that too then is focusing on the principle behind that thing rather than the outcome of that. Thing. Yeah. Because I want to like go accomplish this thing and I have this idea of what I'm going to be and I'm like, I'm going to be a beginner and I'm, what if I win some sort of a beginner award, right? <laughs> yeah. Or or what if I finish last? Oh my God, I can't finish last, right? And I've got all of these things. But what if I just focus on the perseverance quality of what I'm doing, you know, and just focus on um, perseverance. Yeah. Then if I go out and I look at my day and I'm like, or sometimes, you know, sometimes it's um, tolerance in my day, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes I have to deal with things and I'm sure you have to deal with a bunch of people and, you know, people that just do not take care of themselves and want to want want to come in there and want some miracles done. I know I'm one of those people. That sounds just like you. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but like, you know, just maybe focusing on tolerance or, you know, like I have to focus on sometimes those spiritual principles behind the things that I'm doing rather than the thing I'm doing mm -hmm. seems to help me with those things. For sure. I was going to ask you about when you that. you say tolerance, is that, is that, can we say acceptance too? Absolutely. Like accepting what, and once again, it's not making anything it, right. It's, it could be right or wrong, but it's still accepting what is. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. Just uh -huh. go out so I understand. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, yeah. Cause we were, we were talking about this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. Cause, um, one of the words that gets thrown around our fellowship a lot is acceptance and, and, yeah. um, you know, some, something that used to rub me the wrong way because that's not actually a word that's in our literature except for in a story in the back and, you know, and I'd be like, that's blah, blah, blah. And then it came to me one day in a meditation. And so I looked up some definitions for what it was. And the one that I went with and I liked was to endure without protest. Right. Cause, um, can I do that? Can I, is that an okay definition for me? And is that something that I can go out and do? Cause I think for me, there's a lot of humility in, you know, enduring what, 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 what's laid before me and then not <laughs> having any protest around it. Cause yeah. sometimes even when I did have to do something, I'd let you know about it. Right. right? I'd have to say a few. <laughs> yeah. Life on life's terms. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, if I hear you, what I get from that is that, and I, I think I had the same struggle with acceptances for a long time. I thought acceptance means is making something right. Like there's a positive tone to it. Yes. That if you accept it, you're okay with it. Yes. And that you, you're you good, yes. right? But that, it took me a while to let go that acceptance is just real, accepting the facts of it right. and not having the emotional connection to it. Hmm. And that accepting the facts gives you the best chances of growing from it, whether it's good or bad. Yes, that's exactly right. Because like I, I struggle with how many hours I have to be at work each day sometimes. And like... Um, you know, the second half of what you were talking about is what I have to do. The facts of it is that I'm going to be here 11 hours, whether I like it or not. And that's what I need to accept. I don't have to be happy about that, but that's the reality of my situation. And that's what I get to accept. Yeah. And you have, you have power over it, right? That, that, that's a hard thing to acknowledge too. Like you're choosing to show for your job. Yeah. For eleven hours, exactly. like you could quit right. if it were, yeah. was really that bad. Yeah, right. Exactly. exactly. That's what I think I've had that conversation yeah, with not, you before. Yeah. That's, no, you're. That's something I realized. Like we all have choices. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I'm not an indentured servant. <laughs> right. I leave any time. Yep. Yeah. The the thing I really with acceptance is like that. For some reason, I because I'm just self centered by nature acceptance is like it has to have my stamp of approval right and it's like well that's not real like no, no what's going to happen is what's going to happen i just need to be okay with that yeah. like and i might be frustrated or i can just go about doing my thing and i have much happier days when i'm not thinking like well i gotta fucking change how this is gonna work i gotta make this thing it you know it's like oh yeah acceptance is 
an action of doing nothing, like yeah. being okay with what's going on. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, we're almost an hour in already. We're, wow. we're about an hour in. Do That's you have crazy. any other questions you want to ask? I sort of did want to just ask about your actual um, field that you work in. I sort of want to ask about your your work for a while because it's helped me so much. And I don't see Jared anymore because um, this, my schedule was that I couldn't get in there consistently. And so um, for somebody like me that's had an ongoing thing, um, consistency is the key, right? And so if, Absolutely. I can, yeah, if I can get in there consistency and so. Now I see Dr. Nielsen, and, and that's worked out really well. Um, but but chiropractor has, has helped me so much. But one of the things I have is I also see an FNP, and she subs, she uh, um, uh, supplements my hormones and stuff like that. And 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 she was just going off one day about she was not a fan of chiropractic care. And you had alluded to this a little bit earlier. And you know even when you got started, there was a lot of skepticism about what you do. And I was thinking about this as I was in the shower. I was like, why do I believe, why do I accept things, some things super readily and other things I don't? Because if you talk to the traditional medical field, um, they'll say that you need a well-balanced diet and you need to eat um, vegetables and you need to eat fruits and grains and then not, you know, and I'm almost, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm almost just eating meat now and I've never been physically better in my life. Did you eat that from Jordan Peterson? Um, He's a big... You hear about him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His daughter. Yeah, mm-hmm. sort of. The same. Curious, the yeah. same. Yeah. I actually googled. Um. I actually googled. Um. Um. Endurance athletes and ketogenic diet, and this guy named Zach Bitter came up. He's the world record holder for the fastest hundred miles. Yeah, he just said it. Yeah, I was gonna say. Did you see? He yeah. just set that he, record. Yeah. Dude ran a hundred miles at a seven-minute mile clip. <laughs> it's insane. But yeah. he does one with this guy named Yeah. yeah I can't run one mile that fast. <laughs> yeah, I think it was even faster than that because it was like six, it was like six, oh. almost six thirty. Because I did the math, I was like, that doesn't even make sense to me how fast he ran that. Yeah. yeah. And so he does a ketogenic diet, but he does a podcast with a guy named Dr. Sean Baker, who's an uh, orthopedist and uh, and. Baker does the carnivore diet. So one of those guys is keto and one of them is carnivore. And I've been obsessively listening to their podcast like a crazy person. And so mm-hmm. started switching. I started, I, I stopped supplementing my fats and I'm just trying to eat, do more real whole food, but it's mostly just meat. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I accept that, you know, and then, but there's other things that I see people do maybe in the medical perfection profession or with religions where I'm completely closed minded to that thing. And I'm like, that would, that's ridiculous. That's like, that's not a real thing, you know, but because of my experience with chiropractic care and because I've been, you know, healed, um, you know, it's easy for me to, based on my own experience, say, you know, that this is something that's valid. And I think and if everybody could probably benefit from, I'm just wondering like what, if, what kind of feedback you hear from that or, or, does it ever bother you that, you know, other people in medical professions scoff at that or just want to get your take or do you, or do you, or do you just see well, the results every day and you're like, I don't give a fuck. I'm, help, you know, I see, you know, people walk again. Yeah. And, well, I think that was part of the challenge when I first got into it is, is overcoming that, that um, hurdle and how people thought coming into the practice you know, in the chiropractic care. Because, I mean, if you think about it, we're taught through our medical system is really just the way that if you don't have a symptom or a challenge, you're healthy, right? Which is a very dangerous model to follow because a lot of times, once no, symptoms are information. Like your body's trying to tell you that, that it's not able to adapt with the current stress, Mm -hmm. right? Some of that's a chronic stress that's done gradually over time or it's, like trying to deadlift 500 pounds when you're not strong enough to deadlift 300, right? Does that make sense? So yeah. your body lets you know that it, it it's not adapting, right? So, um, and that's the model because if you think about it, when you go to a medical doctor, they're they're prescribing a, a patented drug to address a symptom, mm-hmm. right? And now there's don't get me wrong, there's a time and place for this, and, I'm, and this isn't something I want to right. Um, you know, get into. I understand, but I have so many things going on in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, when I when I when I grew out of that phase of the gambling and started finding purpose and passion and really trying to help people, 
I mean, it's a daily occurrence when you see people come in getting off medicines and starting to do hobbies, activities, and things that they weren't able to do for a long time. And, I mean, to see x-rays over and over again that, I mean, you think about it, we're all aging, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that, that's, that, it's inevitable, right? But when you look at the spine, the things that cause aging at an accelerated rate over time is either a trauma or a chronic stress. Like, we're sitting out of posture all day. Um, you know, we tend to fall into these patterns and postures that we're not even conscious of. Um, and, you know, when you're driving or you're looking at your computer or your phone, chances are you don't have perfect posture, right? Yeah. And, and, and I'm not trying to say you should, but we're living in an environment that's very stressful on our bodies, right? So when your spine stops moving properly and, you know, gets out of alignment, those areas are going to age a whole lot faster than the areas that are functional and moving properly, Yeah. right? So when you go to a medical doctor... You know, you know, their norm is going to be different than my norm. They may look at a uh, x-ray and say, you're with a normal evidence, and I'm going to look at things a little bit differently because I have a little different paradigm or a lens to look through. I'm like, well, you can see there is obviously buildup in this part of your stress. This part's out of alignment. You know, this is why you feel this way. You feel crooked or you're not able to do this and that. And then we start to restore function and movement to a spine, and life gets better. There's no doubt. Yeah. You know, because, you know, the spine is made to hold us upright and allows us to walk. Yeah. But it's also made to protect our nervous system, but it can also cause stress on the nervous system. So it's not only a matter of the spine aging faster, but those areas are going to start to limit the nerve flow from brain to body and body to brain. And then, you know, that's where a lot of dysfunction comes in the dis mm. different systems of the body. So when you take pressure off the spine and improve nerve supply, life, I mean, things get better, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know how that's going to show up in everybody because everybody's life is different. And there's variables and a lot of things that come into play like that. But, um, you know, a body performing at a high level with no nerve interference is going to way outperform somebody with yeah. nerve interference, right? right? Like, I'd rather go, I don't address diseases and sicknesses, right? I just try to help improve um, the spine and then the body does the healing. Because the life force in us is way better than our educated brain, right? Yeah. Um, so no matter what I'm going through, I'd much rather take it on with a healthy spine and nervous system than with a stressed spine and nervous system, if that's cancer or if it's a 100-mile ultra marathon, mm -hmm. right? Those yeah. people are going to have a lot better chance of having the outcome they want with a healthy body compared to a stressed mm -hmm. nervous system and spine. Yeah. So and, and I think it's slowly gaining traction on that awareness of... of of appreciating the body and what it's capable of and giving it what it needs. And now by no means am I saying chiropractic, you can come and get adjusted and life's going to be amazing. Right. Right. You got to exercise. You got to have a clean diet. You got to get sun. Mm -hmm. You got to clean air, positive mental attitude. I yeah. mean, it can be a powerful part of the equation to help supplement all these other things that hopefully you're taking on to improve your life. Mm -hmm. And I think we're slowly getting that awareness that giving the body what it's need is a lot more powerful than waiting till a symptom where a, a, you know, something starts yelling at you to wake you up and just mask that problem yeah, without absolutely. addressing the cause. Yeah. That's exactly what it's been for me. Like part of this, you know, overall thing of where, you know, I used to be a guy that tried to log as much sofa time as possible, smoked a pack and a half a day and, you know, shot heroin to this guy today that's not even resembling the same thing, but part of that is, you know, regular visits, yeah. you know, every other week to get adjusted and make sure I'm tip top. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. If one of our listeners wanted to find you or your practice, how would they go about doing that? Do you have like a website or anything like that? Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Just learn me County Chiropractic on the website. Facebook page is I mean you just search Learn Me County Chiropractic. I believe it comes up as Wild Cairo. Okay. Facebook, got Instagram. Cool. Awesome. Got got an awesome CA. She's been rocking with me for 16 years yeah. ever since the get-go. Wow. Yeah. She won an award too, right? She saved somebody, performed she's, CPR, she did CPR on, somebody. on someone that Holy shit. was having a heart attack right wow. down the, yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool. She's Gina Flynn. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, she has been there since the beginning. That's yeah. awesome. Absolutely Do you have blessing. anything else, Marty? No, I just really want to thank you, man. It's mm -hmm. not easy to come in here. You know, like and in 12-step rooms, we're used to telling our stories, right? We're, we're, we're in meetings and we're sharing our experience or sometimes we're even asked to speak from a podium. And so we're sort of used to being in here and talking about ourselves and sharing some of these things, you know. But for you to come in here and just be honest with us, man, I think it's really going to help a lot of people. And I just 
really appreciate you coming on and doing it. Absolutely, dude. You're a freaking inspiration, man. It's yeah. awesome to, to see someone just come in and just own their shit, talk about what's going on and what has been going on. And I, I really, really, Can really I throw some out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Please. yeah. Yeah. Check in with your friends. Mm-hmm. Make sure they're good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because they're good chance they're not as good as they want you to believe. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some of my best friends I hide. You know, when I'm embarrassed about my current life, like I I feel like I don't want to talk to my good friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that comes across as I don't care or I don't want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that, that four agreements things. It's not personal. It's just, you know, we're all going through shit in our lives. And a lot of times that may appear one way, but it could be complete opposite. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to be more aware of that, you know, trying to try to not make it about myself because who knows maybe that guy calling me needs to let go of stuff and, you know, yeah. get, over my own shit and stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about me right. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's just something I don't know. I felt like I wanted to share and um, mm-hmm. that I'm trying to be more present to and aware of. Absolutely. Right on, man. Cool. Well, thank you appreciate again. It. I really appreciate it. Dr. Jared Morrow, thank you. Thank you.